0: That's a beautiful story, isn't it? Beautiful story of a changed life, which is what Easter really is all about. I don't know if you know, but Easter is really all about what's called the good news. The gospel literally means good news. And you might think, well, what's the good news? Well, from a human perspective, the good news is we can come to God and He can change things, not only presently in our life, like He did for Raul, but for all eternity. From God's perspective, the good news is is that we're here by God's doing. And he's saying, yeah, but you could be doing a lot better. In fact, for all eternity, you could be with me. And he brings about that change. You know, come to a service like this, I'm sure you have a lot of felt needs. Like for health, there's probably people here that are feeling sick or maybe afraid of what the doctor's diagnosis is or afraid for your loved one. We need health. We need, we need a marriage or a good marriage or a better marriage. We need children or our children to be educated or to learn. We need, we need a job. We need finances. You know, even with, for those who all those things come together, there's still something missing. <laughs> it's like a universal appeal that people see. It's almost like this. Well, there's gaps there. That's right. Sure is. One author said it this way. He said, God is the fuel that the human soul was made to run on. And when you feel like something's missing, it's because it is. He's the fuel. You're missing God. Maybe that's why Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. You know, come to me and you'll be satisfied. You'll be filled like never before. That's what Raoul's what experiencing. So many others have experienced here. A better way maybe of explaining the good news with with, with, in understanding it would be to contrast it with the bad news. Let me explain it like this. The bad news is this. The longer you live, the more days, more weeks, more months, more years, the more of your life is behind you. And the longer you live, every day, every week, every month, every year, the more your death is ahead of you. It's right here. That's the bad news, folks. (laughs) Life's behind you. Death's ahead of you. Well, the good news, in contrast to that, is this. The life that is behind you can be put in front of you. And you can have all eternity to look forward to. And the death that's in front of you can be put behind you. It's all a matter of your belief. That's what the scriptures teach. There's so many different passages. In fact, maybe the best way to explain this is to look at the two major symbols used in Christianity. The cross of Christ, which is why I had the guys wheel this out here, the cross of Christ, which is what we celebrate at Easter, and the empty tomb. Let's put that on the screen. The empty tomb of Christ. Two major symbols of Christianity. Let's look at these separately and try and explain what we call the good news that we celebrate at Easter time. Let me make it as simple as I can. Let's start with the cross. The cross is supposed to put death behind us. There's several passages of Scripture I could quote here. One of my favorites is 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says it like this. The Apostle Paul wrote it to the Corinthians, and he says, that God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Do you understand what that's saying? It's saying Jesus would be a substitute for your wrongdoings, your sin, your infractions against a Holy God who says, "Ah, sorry, I can't help you. Sorry, you can't come to my heaven. You're not good enough. Well, Jesus became the substitute. God made Jesus who knew no sin to be sin. You know, let me use a book. I'm going to use this book to quote from later. Let me use it as just an illustration. Let's say this is not a book I'm going to quote from. It's actually a record of all your sin, all the things you've done wrong, all your faults, all your problems, the things that would keep you between you and God. And let's say this is is Jesus and this is you. God says, I love people, but I don't like the sin, so I got to deal with this somehow and you're going to have to be judged. But God made Jesus, we just read, who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf substitute so that we can become the righteousness of God in him that's good news folks that's what they we're talking about by believing in the cross <coughs> excuse me your death can be put behind you because Jesus did it for you or there's another passage I think of the passage in the book of first Corinthians Chapter 15, verse 3, where the Apostle Paul, speaking to the Corinthian church, trying to explain something, he says, Well, I delivered to you, as of first importance, what I received, that Christ died for our sins, in accordance with the Scriptures. It's again, He died for your sin, my sin. Do you understand what these two verses, just these two, there's a whole bunch more, but just these two verses seem to be telling us very clearly that what you look forward to in your life as your sin can now be put behind you because Jesus already paid for it on, on the cross. He already did it. You, you've already died. It's like, you know, when you're, you're younger. Let's say this side of the stage is your beginning of your life, and that side would be the end then, right? So here you are. You're, you're looking at life, and you go, oh, wow. Yeah, someday I'm going to die, but hey, let's have a lot of fun because it's a long ways, you hope, right? Or not. And every day you live, every week, every month, every year, you're a little closer, you're a little closer. But the Bible says, Christ died on the cross so that what you fear coming up ahead of you can already be put behind you, all depending upon your belief, your faith in the cross. I remember one time about... Uh, Oh, man, it must be almost 30 years ago now. Somebody came to me, and they said, Marty, would you please, Pastor Marty, go visit this man. He's in a very bad place. I said, well, tell me about it. He said, well, years ago, his wife left him for another man. And uh, he actually has all the kids. He has three daughters. He's trying to raise them himself. I have three daughters. Thank God for my wife. But anyway, he had to do this himself? Like, yeah, he's in a tough spot. Where do you go see him? Because now he has stage four cancer. Oh, man. His daughters were there when I went to the house. They're like late teens, early 20s. This guy's sitting at the kitchen table. Like go over to the kitchen table and sit down. I explained to him what I just explained to you. What you're worried about, what you're afraid of, is your death is coming, can be put instead of in front of you, you can put it behind you. By faith in Christ, you already did it. He paid the penalty. died for you in your place as a substitute, forgiving you of your sins. How would you like that to be true for you? He said, no thanks. And I'm just like, what was I, 32, 33? Then I'm like, what are you, crazy? What do you mean, no thanks? Stage four cancer, no thanks. So I asked him a few more questions. His daughters are almost in tears looking at me like, tell him again, you know. No, he's bitter at his wife, at the other guy, at God. Even at his kids, even at himself. And I begin to realize this is not an intellectual dispute for him. It's not even an emotional thing. It's an act of his will. He won't. And no matter how I talked with him or what I tried to say, he wouldn't. And I remember going out of the house and driving back to the office thinking, this is crazy. Here the free gift is given of Christ dying in your place, taking death and putting it behind you so that you don't have to look forward to the terrifying thought of dying. You already did. Through Christ. Sins are forgiven. But he wouldn't. Will you? Are you in the same place? I've been doing this for a long time, and I'm convinced it's just a matter of your will. For, for many, they claim it's intellectual. I almost laugh, because it's like, really, have you ever read the Bible? You ever read other authors? You ever really gotten into this? I think you might change your mind. I challenge you with that. That leads us to the second part. Oh, that's the cross, like first symbol of Christianity. The second one is the empty tomb. Jesus validated what he did by not only dying, but raising from the dead. Wow, a miracle of raising from the dead? Yeah. I put down point two of my thinking here is that the cross puts death behind us, but the empty tomb puts life ahead of us. Just like Jesus had an empty tomb, so you too will have an empty tomb. That's the whole point of Easter. Jesus said it well when he spoke in John, recorded in John chapter 11 to Martha. See, Martha was a good friend of his, so was her sister Mary, and one of Jesus' best friends on earth was a guy named Lazarus, who was their brother, their older brother. And you see, here's the situation. Lazarus had gotten very, very sick. Jesus was out preaching and doing miracles with his disciples, all this stuff. And so Mary and Martha go, oh, we just gotta get Jesus here. And he could heal our brother Lazarus. Well, Jesus is notified, but doesn't get there till way late. I mean, days late. Lazarus is dead. He's already in a tomb. And so when Martha sees Jesus finally coming up the drive, she runs to him, bows down, and says, Jesus, Jesus, if you'd only been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus, you can almost picture it. John 11, verse 25, he's picture Martha, Martha, don't you know? I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even if he dies. Even if he dies, you can live? He who believes in me, key word again, belief. Wow. (laughs) That's an amazing truth, isn't it? All on that focused idea again of what do you believe? Your life can be changed. John three sixteen, the most famous verse used in Christianity is what? For God so loved the world, he gave his only Son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, because the perishing's already been done, but have eternal life, eternal life. Do you understand what those verses are saying? Or another one, look at Romans chapter 6, verse 4, where the Apostle Paul's talking to the Roman church, is just as Christ was raised from the dead... Talking about the empty tomb. By the glory of the Father, we too can walk in newness of life. That's what Raul's talking about. Like, my life's changed. There's newness here. Yeah. What these pastors are telling us, your belief can change your position to your own life. To not looking at life as behind you. But my life's all ahead of me for all eternity. No wonder people are changed. So dramatically, it's like, Death's behind me. Life's ahead of me. Now, if that's not good news, I don't know what is. That's good news. And the good news is that my death can be behind me by faith. And my life can be ahead of me in the tomb by faith. Because just as Jesus had an empty tomb, me too. That is the promise of the gospel of the good news. My question to you is, do you believe it? Your belief changes everything. Stories like Raul around here, we've got a whole bunch. We call them God at work stories. We do them all the time because there's so many, mine included. Probably one of the most dramatic I've ever read about was a man who was a confirmed atheist, and his name was C.S. Lewis. Maybe you've heard of him, very famous, Darnia, Tales, and all that stuff. C.S. Lewis was a confirmed atheist, even had a radio program, and then became a Christian. There's been several books written by him and written about him. One of them is called The Question of God. It's written by Dr. Armin Nikolai. He's a psychiatrist and a professor at Harvard, Harvard Medical School. He wrote a book contrasting, comparing C.S. Lewis with Sigmund Freud. Fun book to read. And in here, he talks about C.S. Lewis and his conversion. Uh, Let me get my glasses here and I'll show you. We hide all kinds of things behind that cross. Anyway, if I can get these open, here's what he said. Lewis made one of the most fateful decisions of his life one day. Lewis decided to open his mind and examine the evidence for Jesus' death and resurrection. I was going up Haddington Hill, he wrote, on a bus. I became aware that I was holding something at bay or shutting something out. I could open the door or I could keep it shut. The choice appeared to be momentous to me, but it was strangely rather unemotional. I chose to open that door. I felt as if I were a man of snow at long last beginning to melt. When I made that decision, he began, when he made that decision, Nikolai writes, he he began to feel the presence of God whom he had desperately wanted not to meet. (laughs) Finally, Lewis surrendered. You must picture me, he wrote, alone in that room in Magdalene, Cambridge, night after night, feeling whenever my mind lifted for even a second from my work the steady, unrelenting approach of God whom I so desperately desired not to meet, that which I greatly feared had at long last come upon me. I gave in and admitted that God... Was really God, and I knelt and I prayed. Perhaps that night the most dejected and reluctant convert in all England. Kind of funny way to put it, isn't it? And so, in this book, Dr. Armin Nikolai, this psychiatrist, was so interested in this phenomena, he starts writing about these changes in C.S. Lewis's life. Just like Raoul said a few minutes ago, how his life had changed. Listen to this. I'll just read you a little excerpt. Lewis changed. From a wary introvert with very few close relationships to a personable extrovert with scores of close friends and colleagues. That was phenomenal to me, says Nikolai. George Sayer, a biographer, who knew Lewis for 30 years and Owen Barfield, a close friend for over 40 years, describes Lewis after his conversion. He says this, or they say this, he was usually, unusually cheerful and took an almost boyish delight in life. Why not? You're going to live forever. They described him as a, great, a person who was great fun to be with, an extremely witty and amusing companion, considerate and more concerned with the welfare of his friends than with himself. Why not? You already died. Why not? You're already living forever. What changed Lewis so much? Belief. Started with a prayer. Do you know right now you could do the same thing if you've never done this before? Or if you've done it before and you want to confirm it, you could do it right now. It's just a simple prayer. I'm not going to make you come forward. I'm not going to make you stand up. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. I may have you raise your hand. It's between you and the Lord. Was for C.S. Lewis. It was for Raul. You're just saying, Lord, I'm believing you died on the cross for my sins. I want to put my, my death behind me. I want to put the empty tomb in front of me. I want to take these verses of the Bible and own them. They're mine. I mean, I'm telling you, this is life changing. Death and resurrection are life changing symbols cross and an empty tomb. But they're to symbolize the new life a person can have when they come to the Lord and believe in Him. You ready? You want to do this? Like I said, you could do it right where you're sitting. Why don't we pray? Bow your head with me. No matter where you're at in your spiritual journey, have you come to this point yet? Could you pray a prayer like C.S. Lewis and say, Dear God, I'm ready to admit you're God. I'm ready to admit that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, died on the cross for me. My infractions, my sin, my problems. And in that sense, my death is over by my belief. Jesus died in my place for me. And now I have to look forward to just a transfer to heaven when I die. I'm not gonna literally be put in the earth and never seen from or heard from again. I'm gonna be transferred to heaven. That's what the empty tomb means. I'll be with you in paradise. If you really believe that, in your heart of hearts, just say, amen, Lord. I want that to be true for me. Do you understand? That's what belief means. I want that to be true for me, Lord. And I know that's going to change me. (laughs) It would change anybody if they really believed it. So now, I ask you to make me the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I don't know if you're aware, but uh, you heard the announcements earlier. Our whole church, every ministry we have, from children's ministry to senior citizens, is to help you believe this and confirm that belief and grow in that belief. It's very exciting. So if you're, if you're new to this, and you want to understand more, or you have questions you don't even know if you believe this or not, Alpha is a place for you. There's people with red church out there ready to sign you up, put you in. We'll get you free meals. We'll get you into a group. You'll love it. Believe me, you'll love it. I've brought my neighbors before. It's tremendous. Or maybe just go to the welcome reception. Maybe you need to just come back to church to grow in this faith. Whichever. I just pray you'll have a blessed Easter as you look forward to your own resurrection because Christ died for you. God bless. Happy Easter.